Sonic State Watch Call. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Sonic Talk number 196 going out live on Wednesday, the 10th of November 2010. Uh, you'll be able to hear it online in streamed MP3 formats, either via the, uh, the, the Sonic State website or via iTunes or wherever you get your MP3s normally. Um, want to say welcome to our guests. We've got a bumper crop today. Actually, it's good. We haven't had such a big crowd for ages, and it's very good to have you all in one place at one time. Um, I'll start off with, um, let me see, who's the, well, we haven't had PJ for a while, so I'll say hello to PJ Trey. Tracy, pjtracymusic.com, studio owner, composer, um, all sorts of things you've been up to. Um, I haven't seen you for a while. Have you been a busy boy? I have been. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a very productive month for me. Um, I think the last time I was here, I talked about a uh, a project that had that had been revived um, that I've been working with an old production partner of of mine and a singer who happens to be located in London. So we've been doing a lot of Skyping back and forth and uh, recording of new material and uh, also uh, furiously writing business-to-business advertisement music, which is just uh, so exciting that I I, I can't – I can hardly talk about it. You Um, must be exhausted, all that adrenaline. (laughs) Yeah, no, but it's been been great and it's really good to be back here. Excellent. Um, Thanks for having me this morning. Well, glad you could make it. Um, and also, uh, PJ, did I say pjtracymusic.com for all your PJ Tracy needs? I don't think I do. If Thank I did, you. I'll say it again. And, um, well, come back over to uh, another um, contributor we haven't had for a couple of weeks. That's Gaz Williams. How are you, Gaz? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Sort of uh, raring to go. Based in Bristol, music production. Um, last time we spoke to you, you uh, you locked the band out so you could do the podcast. <laughs> Have you finished that project <laughs> or are they uh, out for a walk uh, once again? It, that's just about in the kind of uh, the final mixed tweaks now uh, after sort of being in production for about six weeks. So we're just at the very final, very final stage prior to mastering. So that's uh, that's quite an exciting quite an exciting time now uh i've just finished another album last week which has been 18 months in the making so Whoa. that's quite a relief yeah <laughs> uh and i had a very interesting mastering session last week in a place called havod mastering which is just outside of cardiff in wales uh-huh. uh, and that's uh and that's interesting in that it's a, it's all it's an all analog mastering studio um with a signal path goes through um manly slam and a manly massive passive uh, amongst other lovely things um and that was really enjoyable because i've been doing a lot of mastering myself but entirely in the digital domain so to to sort of have a analog mastering session was uh, was really interesting and um i just had a great you know uh, but i did realize one thing though that the because um, i use ozone for all my mastering yeah uh, is that ozone still really does actually hold up very well to this very expensive kind of analog gear and and, and uh, you just can't get the volume out of the manly slam that you can the clean volume uh, that you can with the uh, with ozone so i was quite i was quite heartened about that really because uh, i don't have to spend three and a half thousand pounds <laughs> or more i think the manly slam but it did sound I, good though i've never yes I, well the, the massive passive is uh, legendary isn't it the thing I find really funny about manly stuff is it is non more manly, you know, big chunky knobs. Really. <laughs> and then you find out it's a woman who designs them, Eva Manly. So ah, excellent. Uh... The woman's touch. You don't get a lot of yeah. that in uh, in studio uh, interface design, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, and it, she really has gone out to slay the fellas with this with their with the chunky kind of manly stuff. But um, yeah, <laughs> excellent. So, well, sounds like you've been having a lot of fun. Um, have you got a website for us yet? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, I'm still in a kind of perpetual slump about that, really. But uh, it is kind of... It's on I've the got all the graphic. Yeah, I've got the graphics done on it now. But, um, okay. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be happy to plug it away as soon as it becomes available. Anyway, thanks for joining us. And um, back over this side, um, let me think. Oh, I said hello to Mark. Have I said hello to Mark? No, I haven't. I'm PJ, uh, Mark Mark Tinley, um, glad to have you aboard too. How are you? Hello, I'm very well. Do you know, since you first uh, said hello to me and now you're saying hello to me now, I've got busy with my URL redirections. So I've actually, I've redirected likebeing.com to my Movember mo space ah so, that's the moustache so isn't it so i'm growing a moustache for charity 
and I'm on day number 10, I think, now, actually. And I've been putting various YouTube videos on my Mo space. And I'd like to invite people to come and uh, donate something towards the charity and come and see how silly I look. Have you, uh, if are you, you actually... Sorry. Carry if on. you type likebeing.com into your URL browser now, it will take you directly to my MoSpace. Excellent. <laughs> are you experimenting with facial art or are you sticking with the – last time I saw a picture, it was a rather splendid kind of Lemmy type, uh, type um, sort of Fu Manchu kind of thing. Well, I had a bit of a practice in October because there's a certain point that I get to when I'm growing these damn things where it just itches so much that it drives me completely insane. And I thought – I'd better just see if I can do it, get past that itching point before I commit to doing a full month. So I did have some various different moustaches last month, actually, uh, some pictures of which are probably uh, on okay. Twitter. So I need, I, need to check, but, I need to check um, out likebeing.com uh, like for your current... And it's sort of, yeah, it's coming along quite nicely. I mean, uh, the one... Uh, Little problem is, though, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I'm a civil celebrant, which means that I go and name people's children from time to time. With a moustache like that? (laughs) Yes, I've been offered a baby naming on November the 20th, which is 20 days into the moustache growing (laughs) fiasco. Right. Do you think Um, the baby will cry? Well, I'll be naming somebody's little girl with a big fat lemmy moustache. So I don't know what's going to happen. Well, we'll see. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Mark. Uh, we've got more guests to get through, so I better say hello. We'll whip back over to the other side of the Atlantic via the uh, by the help of those Skype bits and say hello to Rich Hilton. Rich Hilton, of course, uh, mans the studio, plays keyboards, uh, does an enormous, an enormous amount of stuff, uh, working with Nile Rogers from Chic in their own private facility on a daily basis. How are you, Rich? Real good, thank you. Real good. Good. Yeah, I'm good too. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, and yes, feeling feeling kind of good. I'd like d- to dedicate this episode to um, my my partner Jane's dad, who's just been uh, just we've just heard has just come out from under the knife um, successfully of uh, a, a sort of minor but still fairly major operation. So um, good luck to him in his recovery. Anyway, um, I'll come back again because we've also got Dave Spears from G4Software.com here too. Hello. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm all right. You're a bit quiet. Am I? Yes. I'll turn myself up. Just a little. That would be great. Better? Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Marvellous. Right. Blimey, we've got uh, a few things to get through. F- first of all, I would really like to say um, that um, what's we've we've got round to mark your topic, this thing that you sent in, which was all about the McGurk effect. I'm just going to play this. It probably won't have so much effect as it's going to be audio only, but hopefully you'll get the gist of it. So uh, stay tuned. Ba, ba, ba. Have a look at this. What do you hear? Ba, ba, ba. Ba, ba, ba. But look what happens when we change the picture. Ba, ba, ba. Ba, ba, ba. And yet, the sound hasn't changed. In every clip, you are only ever hearing bar with a B. Right, I'll stop that there, um, because obviously without the visuals, I've put a link in the chat room, it's quite hard to make. But that's a a demonstration of something called the McGurk effect, right? Basically, this guy is going bar, bar, bar the whole time, but when he looks like he's, he's saying far, it sounds like he's saying far. But in fact, he's still saying bar. And it's just this sort of really bizarre audio um, and visual, kind of, well, it's not a hallucination. It's like trickery. But even though you know what's happening, it's still, in fact, there's a clip from the guy who's been studying it. Um, what's his name? His name, uh, Professor Lawrence Rosenblum. He's been studying it for 20 years. And he says, even though he knows exactly how it works, he still actually, uh, it still works for him. So, Mark, what, um, what, what conclusions did this lead you to? Was there anything um, specifically that you wanted to... Um, to mention about this, or was it just the sort of mind-blowing nature of it itself? What I noticed about it, which I thought was really interesting, is that the brain um, comprehends audio and visual information in a kind of uh, altogether. So 
that means that some audio information can override our visual information. And as engineers and producers, we've all had the experience in the studio where we've had the knob which we give to the producer and say, he says, I want a bit more of this, a bit more of that. So you turn the knob that doesn't do anything and give them a bit more of what they think they want. And it kind of reminded me of that because, well, first of all, Unless you actually do completely blind listening tests, you could be influenced by something visual. If you thought the speakers were moving more, that might influence you. And if if you see visual things changing on the screen, I'm thinking in the sense of like on logic audio, if I move faders around and stuff and I see things visually moving. I mean, if I, you know, how many times have you moved the wrong fader and listen to something and thought it changed and things like that so i mean in 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 the context of what we do seeing that the visual uh that visual input overrides the audio seemingly overrides audio i just thought it was a really interesting thing i suppose it's it's quite worrying i suppose in some in some respects i i don't know i mean i've i've been in that situation where you think you're changing something and in fact you're not and everybody else in the room is think you're changing go yeah that's it stop there and um yeah (laughs) and you haven't actually done anything at all but you're sort of too embarrassed to say actually that was the wrong knob because it makes everybody feel like a little foolish um (laughs) i'm not sure so sorry Carry on. I mean, the, the other thing is, I mean, there are certain substances that people are partial to partaking of in studios which make uh, top end disappear. And there's always the guy there that's had a little go on something like that who's going, just put a bit more top in, man. And you're going, <laughs> no, it really doesn't need it. So that's when you need the knob. So I'm not kind of dissing any producer or any other engineer who might uh, uh, and saying that I would want to override anyone else's uh, correct decisions for doing things, but sometimes when you know somebody's not in a fit, fit state to be making major adjustments to things, you need that visual cue, don't you? So that was partly yeah. something yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah. No, that's well. interesting. Uh, have, have anybody else come across, have you, you had that kind of situation, uh, PJ, I mean, you must be working with visual creatives quite a lot in terms of, you know, when, when it's playback to picture and the person maybe that, do you get, uh, do you get in, um, visits from the directors many times where you have to do the playback and they kind of want to hear and uh, affect the mix at the time. Do you, have you noticed that in the past? Uh, not so much that because most of the work, almost exclusively the work I do is done remotely. So I, I, I hardly ever have anybody in the studio with me while I'm working these days, but it has, it has happened in the past, certainly where, uh, you know, you're working on, on something. I mean, exactly as Mark said, where you twist a knob and somebody says, yep, just like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I I, th- I thought uh, what was interesting about this video is it gives a new meaning to, or a new context to the the phrase uh, "you've misread my meaning." Right. Hello. Yeah, I oh, got somebody, I think somebody may have dropped off there. Um, but uh, one um, uh, one thing that I find interesting is is this this phenomenon of pattern priming. Um, which I think I think this might fall into. Um, I know uh, one podcast that uh, some of us listen to every now and then is a Radio Lab, uh, yeah, John right. show, yeah. And they did a they did a seri- uh, show on that on uh, perception and pattern priming and how uh, external cues in the environment can filter information. And this seems to fit in, and I guess it's happening to us all the time. They they had cited an experiment on that show where um, handing somebody. Uh, either a hot or cold drink could affect your perception of, of, of a person uh, either favorably or unfavorably. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that's actually, yeah. And I guess this, this, uh, this study has been repeated several times and it's statistically significant. The, uh, the, the sort of perception alteration favorably or unfavorably of a person, depending on whether or not you're handed a hot or cold drink. So, you know, on on a first impression of a person. And so this type of thing is happening all the time to us. Our our brains are uh, pattern recognition and filtering devices, apparently, and uh, and we are being uh, affected either positively or, or, or not so by these things all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Gaz, have you have you been in the studio with that that kind of scenario where you, you you swore you were doing it and it didn't, you know, nothing actually happened, but it sort of somehow felt better. 
<laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it is a funny old thing. I mean, you know, it's uh, when I'm comparing uh, microphones or uh, preamps or something, and they sound on the surface to be more or less the same, and then you start to tune in your you're listening to to kind of a particular area and then you start to hear it and and it it's really funny how you don't kind of um how how our senses are kind of tunable in uh in that way um I, 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 and i think when you're kind of mixing if your focus is kind of really if you are really focusing on a particular area uh you do lose that perspective mm. um and um uh, i yeah it's a it's a funny thing i do I, I totally agree what you're saying it gets quite embarrassing doesn't it when people are thinking that's it and you haven't done anything and uh, uh so it must be think. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the case <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was one thing i was going to say about the mcgurk effect though it was quite interesting listening to the playback then without seeing the visuals because what i tried to do was i tried to i've watched the video so i knew what the guy looked like and um so I tried to hold an image of him in in my mind saying the bar rather than bar and listening to him saying bar. And even though I, in my mind I could see him saying far, it still sounded like bar. <laughs> oh, interesting. So, interesting. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't make it work. Well, you couldn't uh, make it override. Well, you couldn't no. use a visual memory of it. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, well, um, Rich, is this something that um, you experienced much in the studio or how did you find this effect generally? Well, as I was watching the video, um, I was amazed at how much influence what I was seeing had on what I thought I was hearing. Uh, even when, as the guy said, even when I knew what they were doing, it still looked like fa. To me. I still felt, I, you know, perceived as fa to me. Mm, exactly. And so that part of it's fascinating to me. And uh should come as no surprise, really, because this is why you have lip reading and this is why um, people uh, – in some cases, hear more accurately when they don't see um, or don't see well. Uh, but but it was fascinating nonetheless. And as regards the other thing, yes, I've definitely been in sessions where everybody in the, a ro- in the room agreed that it was getting either louder or more compressed or more bright or whatever as somebody was turning a knob and come to find out the thing isn't even patched in. And yes, I've seen that happen to rooms full of talented and knowledgeable people. <laughs> it's the vibe man dave spears how about you i mean i'm guessing sometimes it must be because you, you must actually have to make very minute adjustments just in sort of sounds of a synthesizer say for instance you know so that that are you sure it's actually happening yeah you see i don't really work with humans so <laughs> it's easy it's easier for me you're the I'm only one to blame because amongst the sort of uh, younger kids nowadays rad is the big word a bit like like but uh, and I'm wondering now whether if I do something for a band and they go rad, maybe they're actually saying bad, <laughs> 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 or it's a hit. Yes. Shall yes. We? Yeah, but how about how about if you create a synthesizer and you make it look like a Moog? Do you think they'll think it sounds more like a Moog when they see a picture of a Moog? When it's it could work like that. Well, it's- there Definitely are a, a subliminal thing. We've had we've had a couple of things with the Mtron where the guys have asked some guys asked us. I remember on the original we had the coffee stains and the ciggy burns and stuff like that. And guys were kind of going. A load of people were going. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's got this vibe about it. And then a load of other people were kind of like, Can you get rid of them? So we did an experiment where we got rid of them. And uh, then a load of people went. Well, it doesn't sound the same. <laughs> Um, actually, I know a guy uh, called Martin Shellard. Uh, he used to be in a band, Spiritualized, and he had the original Mtron. And he got so annoyed about the coffee stains that he actually took it into Photoshop and edited all the coffee stains out. <laughs> <laughs> he must be the first, I'll tell you. Fantastic. <laughs> you could have employed him. <laughs> what a great idea. Just resed it, yes. Fantastic. Anyway, that was I quite... Was, uh... Sorry. I once turned Pro Tools into Gay Tools for a while once in the studio for some bizarre reason. I'm not quite sure why I did that, but I wasn't. Oh no! I must have been a long. Must have been a long session. (laughs) I think that the the one thing about this that's really interesting is the uh, my ears are infallible brigade, which there seems to be an awful lot of on forums. Let's say, and Mm. uh, 
This is really interesting, and in particular in the fact that the guy who'd been working with it for years said that he couldn't override it. No, that yeah. was, yeah, he was first to admit. I actually did look, although he was a, a, an expert of the most obvious example, because I did try, there were a few, when you do a search for McGurk on uh, YouTube, there are a few others, and they're not quite the same, but there are some interesting points. I mean, one, one being, apparently, um, what you can also get is um, if you if you combine a visual gar with an audio bar, it's often heard as da. So there are actually sort of differences between. So that one, the, the one that we that was referred to in the video there is is very clear, partly because perhaps we're being told so, but also there are these kind of slightly greyer or m- sort of merging of uh, of sounds, which which also goes along, which is also quite interesting. But anyway, um, the McGurk effect, that yes. That didn't work for me. That, the, no, the, the, the other ones the didn't work so well. The bar one didn't work for me, or the gar-bar-dar, or whatever the hell it is. No, not for me either. But uh, anyway, uh, an interesting one. And um, I think, actually, um, uh, we, we've got some big news after this, which I'm sure everybody will want to chip in on. Obviously, the Pro Tools 9 native situation. But first, uh, a word from our sponsors. Of course, Yamaha are uh, the show's sponsors. And um, this week, they want to tell you a little bit about the HS. 50 and the HS80M, which are active monitors that are designed to replace the old NS10 and NS10 Studio range. I, I don't know if you remember, I mean, uh, all of us here probably have experience of the Yamaha range. They used to make you work quite hard to get a mix, but it was sort of always said, if, you, if your mix sounds good on these, it'll sound good anywhere. And that's um, very much what they say is true for these as well. And Yamaha are encouraging you to uh, check them out in the store near you and check out the Yamaha monitors. Uh, the HMS, HS50M and the HS80M, both active. Um, you can obviously run them in a, a stereo system or a 5.1 or 7.1, however you prefer it, really. Um, take your CD into a store, listen to the HS series, um, and, and try and audition them there there's uh, in the uk there's a series of pulse stores where they will be awaiting for you and then uh, also if in the uk 19th november um Birch Morenborg will be doing his uh, Burt thing featuring the Motif XF at 20, uh, in the pmt bristol store and on the 20th in chapels of london which are both pulse stores and uh, basically, if you're interested in other things, uh, uh, Yamaha, please head to yamahadownload.com where there's a load of great articles. There's an interesting one about uh, how the Motif X has been used in a lot of live stuff recently, um, particularly on the X Factor, funnily enough, which incidentally does appear to be live, which is, is always good to see people playing live on TV and uh, see how they've been used. Anyway, thank you very much to Yamaha for the continued sponsorship of the show. Right, um, we should really, um, we cannot avoid this particular bit of news, uh, and I'm going to play it right now. It's not often you get that excited about technology. People have been waiting for this for a long time. That's fantastic. That's big. That is absolutely gorgeous. Finally. I didn't think that the open concept of Pro Tools would ever actually be this open. I just opened up Pro Tools 9 for the first time. All you need is your iLock, right? Dang and use the core audio to play back. This is, oh man. I think Pro Tools 9 is potentially one of the most exciting things since Pro Tools HD was invented or, or any of those major milestones. There you go. That's the uh, avid line on the recent announcement that uh, Pro Tools has gone totally native. Uh, of course, Pro Tools 9 now brings the uh, got ASIO and core audio drivers, which means that you can run it basically on your laptop or with any audio hardware you choose, which is actually a really big deal. And obviously, they've been getting a lot of stick, people saying, oh, it's 10 years too late or whatever. But I guess it makes a lot of sense. I don't know, Rich, you have just sort of introduced the RTAS element to your um uh, set up. Does this make any difference to you? Is, it, is this kind of good news? I suppose it could be because you can just take it home and check things out without having to lug any hardware around. I don't know. What What are your thoughts? As it relates to my own personal workflow, I'm still looking for that the pot of gold at the end of this particular rainbow, but there is definitely a rainbow for most people who use Pro Tools. I think that this is a much more important update for those who work away from an HD rig often and and who are, who are interested in connecting interfaces that are currently non-standard. And it's fascinating that they've finally disconnected the software from the hardware in that way. Um, that said, if you're running HD, you can't run simultaneously uh, AU interfaces and you can't run AU plugins. <laughs> no, that's true. So um, what, they, what they've really done is opened up 
the 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 tiers below the HD tier, the TDM tier, to all of the features that are included in the highest end product, albeit for a rather significant upgrade price to the tune of three times the cost of the original software. So they've they've basically boiled it down to one piece of software for 600 bucks, gotten rid of all the different levels of stuff. It'll just install the one appropriate to your hardware on this machine. And from within this program, you can choose which way you want to work. So, yeah, it's cool and it's wonderful. And I think for everybody who wasn't running HD TDM all this time, it's probably a tremendous boon because you get all of these amazing features available to you if you're willing to spend the buckaroos. Well, I think and so. I people, mean, well, I don't know why people you... want to edit, you know, and want to edit natively their TDM sessions. It's one. It's a great thing that they've disconnected the software from the hardware in terms of the user's perspective. I don't think it's for the existing TDM user base that there's that much in it. And I'm still looking to find out. If no, I suppose not. I mean, I, I guess it really what it does do is kind of people who are just entering the door and they're thinking, well, I could get Logic or Cubase and just come straight in. Now Pro, right. they can do it with Pro Tools as well. I don't know. Um, Gaz, uh, you a Pro Tools user? Have been a Pro Tools user? This, is this going to make a difference to you? Would you would you need to have it? Because presumably if you're working on various projects, things must be coming uh, in in tools format from time to time. Well, I think is OMF standard now in the new version. I believe so. Ah, well, that's quite cool because I'm actually a Pro Tools hater, really, rather than. Um, <laughs> Oops! Software. I've just turned to the <laughs> <Yeah>. wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean partly because just the way it's been so corporate. So I guess the fact they're opening it up a little bit is a kind of good good move. But I mean, I've had. Uh, I mean, I think the o- OMF thing has been quite frustrating to me on numerous occasions really because I've uh, I've been wanting to port across and uh, although OMF is still quite a fiddly thing to try and get sort of yeah. doors to talk well to each other but uh, you know the fact that you had to kind of shell out for the DigiTranslator on top of it all just seemed to be oh yeah, a little I, I, bit I should mention DigiTranslator you get Beat Detective you get 96 tracks 256 internal buses and 160 AUX tracks I think though I'm not entirely clear I was looking earlier that you can record up to 32 tracks max with this um, so you know that's I, that's as far as I know but, but one of the other big news is you can buy this from Avid online Direct, so no dealer because it's software product. It's just like straight off, off. You can buy it online, which is actually quite perhaps one of the other big pieces of news that is perhaps a little more uh, significant in terms of you know the way that retail's moving generally. I don't know, um, Nick. May I add one other comment? Please for do. The entry, for the entry level Pro Tools person, what previously cost on the order of three hundred dollars with an inbox mini and. Uh, you know, Pro Tools LE software now costs them six hundred bucks with no interface. Yeah, I, I guess so. So there is a downside at the bottom end to this. Yeah, sure, they get more features, but maybe those people didn't all need all those features. So there is no longer a low-priced entry level, other than that two or three track thing they offer with the M audio microphones and stuff, whatever that thing's called. I right. That, well, it starts to make sense that they've introduced those kind of sub LE things to try and get people in even cheaper. Right. I guess that makes right. sense. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, but, uh, you but know, that it, whole mid level, that whole mid LE level with the small monophonic interface and stuff is, it disappeared. It's gone. Right. Okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. Um, Dave Spears, does this change your world at all? Does it mean that, um, I don't know, our test implementation is more significantly important or what does it mean for you, if anything? What it means for me is that finally I don't have to rely on digi boxes. I can use it with my RME. And in fact, I was looking at the Air Users blog to see if the RME and whatnot was compatible. And it is, and it says works extremely well with the latest drivers. The problem we have is that we have to buy multiple boxes for you know various programmers and various testers and stuff like that. So we had a situation, for example, where we had some M-Box, the initial M-Box things, and then I think it was 803 or 804. They were no longer compatible, so it was a whole other round of buying, whereas this changes that for us, and that's good news. But isn't it more expensive? No, because if, as long as people have got their... Um, you know, the proper sound card, the sound card that works, it will work. Ah, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Mark, I'm guessing, does this make much difference to you? I mean, I suppose if you're working with, um, you know, anybody who is a tools, got a big tools rig, you can actually now integrate a little more easily into your own sessions. Um, Does it make, well, I like it that they've dumped the the reliance on the hardware, but I don't like it they've put the price up. No, I guess. Um, And right at the moment, I'm not really working with anybody who uses 
Pro Tools sessions that I would need to access anything from an HD rig. And, you know, I don't know that I would work in Pro Tools that much anyway at the moment. i kind of gone back to using Logic. So Mm. um, would it make a difference to me? Undoubtedly, it will make a difference to me in the future because if I go back to pottering around with a laptop, it means that I don't have to drag an extra sort of thing around with me. I can just plug an iLock in and use it like that, right? Yeah, that's apparently how it works. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, it's yeah. bit, I mean, it is really big news. I mean, it would have been nice to have this perhaps earlier on, but I guess they protected the R&D, you know, clawback from all the investment in the hardware they've done. PJ, is this something that you'd invest in now, um, just so that you could have, have it and, you know, for, for interoperability between sessions? Well, here's an interesting thing. I just bought a used, literally three weeks ago, a used 003 rig with Pro Tools 8 ah. um, LE. And uh, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little miffed. (laughs) 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 Yeah. What what Um, happens? There may be an upgrade. There may be an upgrade though. There may be a way through. Well, I I went to Avid site to poke around and it's, if I, when, when I complete my license transfer, the cross grade price on, on Pro Tools 9 is $249. I don't know if I'll do it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing a lot of, uh, maybe eventually I will. I'm not doing a lot of Pro Tools, um, you know, compatibility. I don't run into a lot of Pro Tools compatibility issues these days. I just sort of felt like, uh, it would be a good idea to keep up Mm. with, with Pro Tools as it moves into the future. And by um, doing so, you're immediately superseded. (laughs) Immediately. Yeah. Almost instantaneously. I was just going to say that's kind of cool for me because it means I can just upgrade what I've already have for 249 bucks and get rid of the hardware. Sounds like you could, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the recent, uh, how recent you have to be with Pro Tools, you know, in order to get that cross grade, but it's certainly worth checking into. I've um, spent the other thousands thing- with them. <laughs> I'm up to date. <laughs> right, right. I don't, I don't know how much that. Ma- I don't know how much that matters to them personally you know but uh probably not at all that's always that's always (laughs) a question but that i wanted to add to what what rich was saying about uh, about how this is uh hard on the folks at the bottom right i I think what what they've seen seem to have done is they've taken pro tools and they've set it squarely in the center of of the competing daw market so uh, they're trying to compete on a footing with this new Pro Tools Nine, the the native one, not the not the HD one, obviously, um, to compete alongside of Digital Performer and Logic and uh, Cubase. It seems to me, but they're alienating all of those people that uh, you know that might want to that might want to get into it at the at the bottom level uh, that 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 they used to be appealing to, and I, I I don't know how that will work out for them in a dollars and cents. You know, uh, well, I'm ge- I mean, I'm, ge- I'm guessing that most people who probably want to get into, who are interested in Pro Tools, might have some kind of audio hardware already, and the fact that they needed some more might have been a, actually been a barrier to getting into it. That's, that's, that's really true. I mean, yep, that's that's true. Yep. But wouldn't it be interesting if a version of Pro Tools, like maybe Pro Tools Eight, suddenly fell onto LimeWire and started floating around and lots of people could use that for free but it didn't quite work right and and then eventually people would part with 600 bucks to get it all working properly yeah maybe so or maybe you know when Pro Tools 10 comes out Pro Tools 9 will be floating around on LimeWire and anyone that wants to get in on entry level can get in for free basically mm. hey and I just want to stop you right there a minute Mark I want to say good night to CK prod who's got a crash it's 2:43 in the morning at brisbane nice to see a, a, a such a devoted listener hope we've Good well heavens. i'm sorry we've bored you to sleep but you know you gotta go you gotta <laughs> go <laughs> 600 bucks uh 504 pounds um you can buy it direct from avid um, on the avid website you know which is which again i think is one of the bigger deals about it Or a 
automate your chords in your sequencer. 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 That was the... I have to say, absolutely fantastic introduction video by Tim Exile uh, of the Mouth, which is a Native Instruments um, reactor ensemble, but I think it's a standalone thing too. I'm not entirely sure what it does, but I think it takes your voice and does crazy stuff to it. And I really like the look of this, mostly probably because I think if I buy it, I might get to have some of his creative genius. Um, <laughs> one of the lines in there was particularly, you don't have to be a genius to be, uh, you don't have to be a keenius to be a genius, which I thought was inspired lyric writing. Um, but this is great. Um, $69, sixty nine dollars sure fifty nine. <laughs> I do hope so. <laughs> I, I enjoyed this a lot and uh, I would I think I'm going to get it um, just so that I can find out whether it's any good <laughs> I don't know um, What? Uh, well Mark and Gaz you both wanted ma- the mouth um, let me hear what do you have to say Gaz is this something that floats your boat oh definitely yeah and and just as I do think that's one of the greatest product demonstration videos I think I've ever seen really and you know I was, I was trying to think of if I'd ever seen somebody who's actually written the software sort of perform the kind of advert for it. Which, Wrote uh, the theme tune, you know, written the software. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, this is exactly the kind of app that I'm always looking for, something that just is quite straight to the kind of fun aspect, you know. Uh, they kind of – a criticism I have of native instrument stuff is they tend to be a little overcomplicated. Um, I got core and I just had to send it back because I just thought it was needlessly complicated. But it seems like this is a much better uh, direction, really, where, where, where the kind of uh, – I've had a good look at, at, at it and it does look really, really cool in that, you know – a few controls, very nice layout. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, and I think it's the kind of thing when you're in a session and you want to sort of just get straight to sort of the, the fun, if you will, then, you know, this might be the sort of thing. Well, yeah. I, the, the fact that when I first saw it, I thought, oh my God, it's, it takes your voice and makes tunes out of it and synthesizes and everything. I don't think it quite does that. But the fact it, that you can articulate it, with your mouth is, you yeah. know, that's the most articulate, that, that's got to be the most unless you're a virtuoso like um, PJ or uh, or Rich, you're kind of not, a, you know, to be able to play what you've got in your head, it's much easier to sing it or articulate it with your mouth. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think, yeah, I think that's where it looks really good. I mean, effectively, all it is is a reactor kind of uh, module, isn't it, that, that yeah, they've just yeah, yeah, mar- yeah. marketed. I, I mean, I, you know, I, it's not just your mouth, is it? You could put, you know, you could put all the mic on stuff, anything. Yeah. And, yeah. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, mm, yeah. Very interested. I'm definitely going to get it. Ah, okay. And and Mark, you were all for this as well. This looks like something that would appeal to you too, yeah? The math. The math. I like the idea of it being the math. You could have a math with a moustache. The math with a moustache, that, yes. that would provide some sort of um, filtering, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, low parts, right? Um, <laughs> health, or, health benefits. Or whatever's stuck in the moustache at the time. But let's not get too far. Dom filtering. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, li- I watched the video. I thought it was brilliant, actually. I really liked the, the way he was interacting with it, and I can't wait to put my guitar through it because I think it's probably going to do something strange to it that nobody's thought that it might do yet. Yeah. It might not, of course, but... It's got to be worth a try, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, yeah. I, I, like, I mean, I like the idea that it picks up rhythms and kind of turns rhythmical things into other things and harmonizes things, and then you've just got that simple user interface. So it looks like a good creative tool. It looks like somebody's thought about the layout and how somebody might use it as opposed to thought about features and buried them so deep in it that only a... Uh, only a keenius would be able to find it. That's right. right. Very good. Nice, nice use of the word keenius there, Mark. I think you get a bonus point for that. Ching, ching, ching. Dave Spears, is this? Um, this looks like it might be right, right up your street, but not necessarily your uh, good lady wife, who's not f- fond of uh, vocoders, right? <laughs> That's what makes it all the better, really, doesn't it? <laughs> I like this a lot. I really do. I think. In fact, I'm going to buy this, and they've also done a kind of George Dukey thing with a load of oh, yeah. um, riffs and stuff, so I think I'm going to get both of them. Oh, really? Good yes. for you. 
What was uh, quite interesting about the uh, I, I I was checking out Tim Exile was on a, on his bulletin board sort of answering questions about it, and there were some real reactor nerds asking like what's like going on underneath the hood because you can take it apart if you if you've got reactor full, and he said yeah I, the the problem is is um, I always got loads of stick off the native instrument proper coders because they said my 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 coding was just totally random and completely impossible to sort of decipher, so uh, something for those of you who are into reactor you can go in and just see how mad it is. Uh, PJ something for you. Yeah, yeah, this is cool. Every time I see this, particularly Tim Exile's work, because I remember the first time I saw a video of him was back when they really, I think when they released Reactor 5, or maybe it was 4.5 or something like that. Native Instruments had a load of videos on their site uh, featuring people that were using reactors in interesting ways. And he was doing live gigs with a purpose-built controller that he had hooked up to his ensemble that he had built to do live remixing and it was really, really cool. Mm. And some of that functionality wound up in the finger. And I own a couple of native instruments products that have um, incorporated that technology into the product. Um, one of them being uh, one of the evolve libraries, evolve mutations, uh, volume two. And it's great. I mean, it's really cool. It's really simple to use. You can get uh, really cool, uh, you know, filtering variations out of it very quickly, um, chopping up beats, that kind of thing. And, and uh, he uh, seems like he's done a really cool follow-up. And every time I see something like this, I think, how cool is Reactor? It's That is a really cool product. It's getting there, isn't it? I remember it was always a little bit – I mean, because I think I reviewed Reactor 3 or Reactor 4. Uh, or I, par- I had it for a while and gave it to somebody else to review because I just could not – I just I looked at it and yeah. I was, it was just like oh my god no I can't but I'm guessing there must be a huge library of ensembles available for it now. I, no, I was just going to say there is there there's three thousand reactor ensembles plus on the web that are you know freely available between users and then all of the commercially available stuff that's being developed you know by third party developers for native instruments as well as the reactor ensembles that ship with the product. And I mean, there's just not enough hours in the day for me personally to be able to get into building stuff like this. But yeah, I'm sure it's like mo- it's like being lost in modular time, but actually having to build the modular as w- at the same time. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I'm just thinking, yeah. you know what? I'm sure I could probably just um, do without that sort of level of uh, tinkering. I don't know. Rich, in the chat room, you just said, I think the traction to reactor is generational. Um, could you explain what you mean by that? Everybody I know who's deep in Reactor is at least 20 years younger than me. Ah, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it, and not, there's no, I take absolute, I make no judgment in that, you know, at all. I, I don't in any way attempt to denigrate either them or their interest or the program. It's just, it's the fact of the matter. Um, and as regards the mouth, I'm going to have to get this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds, it's like your next generation vocoder. And, mm. uh, I'm almost tempted to send Dave's wife an email. <laughs> uh, leave her a voice message. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I don't know, I, but but don't you, you think, don't know me? Do, do but you, your husband does. Do you? Could <laughs> be the equivalent of a blackmail note, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> voice. He's a genius. <laughs> I'll give you a phone number afterwards. It's. Thank you, Dave. It, I think the thing about this is, I, I have to go back to the fact that it's such a brilliant piece of uh, promotional advertising. You know, the video that I, you know, like I say, I want to buy it because I think I might some some of that creativity might rub off on. I mean, I expect he's selling a bunch of them based on that as well. And I only hope that when it actually drops through the uh, through letterbox, it, it's, it's as um, as fun to use as he's he's been able to to do as well. So anyway, but fantastic. I, Sorry, can I can I just say can I yes, just say one please. thing about uh, the new update for Reactor, the five point five update, which I think's been out for uh, about a month or so now, is. Uh, is a massive, massive update in terms of the usability, and uh, it's so much neater now. And they've kind of consolidated everything into one sort of window, rather than having lots of floating windows. And uh, I don't know if anybody's not who's got Reactor hasn't tried the latest update. I really recommend it because it's just much, much easier to navigate, and uh, the way that you can browse between all the different ensembles and stuff has been a huge overhaul on it. Really, just just thought I'd mention that just because it is okay. Uh, I, I really must um, look into it again and figure out. You know, I get maybe get hold of the latest copy and just sort of spend a bit of time with it because I think, uh, as um, Shane King says, it's kind of like Max MSP. There's a sort of, you know, it, it's it's kind of like or Apple Script. You know, you can get in and tinker and do all sorts of stuff. I like the idea of it. 
Um, and so I'm, I'm going to try and get hold of that. Um, well, that went a bit quicker than I'd anticipated. We've actually got time now, probably for the for for, for both the other titles. But would we like to do the IMS twenty first or the uh, the Moog fifty five? Go on, do the twenty. Go do on. the twenty. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm, oh, I'm gonna. I was, flip. I was gonna say do the twenty, but I was being all polite because I thought Dave would more likely want to do the twenty five. The Moog. <laughs> well, 55. no. What, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna flip to my other camera. Woohoo! Are we going to have a jam now, Nick? Well, I don't know about wow! Because uh, I've got mine. Oh, you've got one too, have you? Oh, cool. I don't know. I'm going to. I'm just going to load it up. So this is the Korg IMS twenty, which is um, it's just loading up here on the screen. Uh, iPad only, and basically, uh, it, as far as I can tell, it looks like pretty much like a a sort of um, a port of the digital edition. Which is, you know, Korg's. And it does sound pretty good for, uh, in terms of MS-20ville. Uh, now I've got nothing up there that I can actually load up. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> See, I got some here, Nick. What do have you want here? Go on, then. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Yeah, it, it does sound actually remarkably good. What you get is, um, I think it's five or six instances of the MS. You get a little drum machine. Um, you get control it via a keyboard or via a um, two sort of XY. They call them chaos pads, but um, they're not really. Um, and what else do you get? Effects. What's the, um, what's the drum machine like? Well, it's cool. You create your own voices. So you just create it in, you create a voice out of, uh, you know, so if you want a kick drum, uh, let's see if I can get to it a sec. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. So there's a drum machine there. And I can take the kick. If I click on the kick, it'll just, if I, just, I can basically just edit the actual sound of the drum machine. Oh, cool. Oh, I like that. So, some pretty pretty impressive stuff, actually. Um, I think um, some people are saying Akai Pete in the chat room says it would be uh, something they have it for the iPhone. I think actually it would be almost impossible to use on the iPhone because it's almost impossible to use on the iPad as well. Because I mean, you want to be able to tweak various things. But to my ears, it actually sounds pretty good. I did some messing with the filters just to see uh, does it scream in the same way, and it actually. Hmm, it does sound not bad at all. One downside um, I found was, uh, I thought, oh, straight away, I'll plug in the old uh, the Line 6 uh, MIDI mobilizer and see if I can just plug a MIDI keyboard into it. Unfortunately, not at the moment. That doesn't work. That would be really cool oh. if you could do that, because uh, obviously it would be a lot easier to play than uh, on the keyboard. But I'm guessing it might be possible, uh, unless there's some... Le- um, latency i think i got it for 9 nine ninety nine. um it's on special offer at the moment which is about third off something like that but it's again you know korg god, god bless them you know they seem to have just kind of done a great another great job because they were first with the i electri but now you know this uh, digital collect- i wonder if we're going to see the whole of the digital the legacy collection on there i'd like to see monopoly you know they will have the wave station the m1 everything just on your ipad I know, Gaz, um, I know you've been umming and ahhing about an iPad. Does this bring the thought of a purchase any closer for you? Well, I, I've got the DS20 on my Game Boy, um, and I wonder just how similar the code is, really, because uh, that's really, really good. Really, really sounds very much like a... Well, I, I compared it against my friend's MS10, uh, and it sounded very comparable. So I wonder just how similar... They are, you know. Um, well, the twenty is quite a different machine because of the, the the interaction of the two filters. They do have right. a different quality from my, right. you know from what I remember. Mm-hmm. But, um, but uh, uh, I still haven't tired of my um, Monotron yet. So. Ah, well. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rich, uh, you've got you bought it. Did you buy it straight away? I did. Excellent, and it sounds great. It's wonderful. Is that just coming out of the speaker and into the into the? That's mic? coming out of the iPad speaker, just held up to the microphone. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's great fun, and you know, again, you know, if they stick if they stick MIDI in, then we're starting to get towards this kind of very viable as an instrument in its own right um, sort of application. I know, Dave, you haven't got an iPad yet. Any no, cl- but I was thinking of saying to the missus, if you buy me an iPad for Christmas so I can get this, and there's also a step time sequencer that I quite like, then yeah. I won't buy the mouth. Oh, well, there's a good trade, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I think that's. Uh, uh, but you need to, what you need to do is leave that as an answer phone message in the voice of the mouth. So it's like a, like again like a blackmail sort of because it's almost blackmail that you're proposing there. To be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I think the iPad purchase is getting closer for me. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Um, uh, Akai Pete in the chat room, who, uh, congratulations, by the way, Akai Pete. Your, I think your latest um, iPad app or iPhone ad app has come out, but uh, we're looking forward to news of that. Um, Core MIDI is coming out for uh, OS, iOS 4.2, which means basically USB car- class compliant stuff. Plug it in, dunk, there you go, MIDI interface straight. You don't need a third party oh, thing. Oh, fantastic. So that's going to make a really oh, big wow, difference. That's good. Um, that's been t- touted in the on the bulletin boards and you know the the usual suspects. So you know, check that out definitely. Yeah. No. Do you think we're going to see a stage with obviously we've got Lion coming out next year? Do you think we're going to see a stage where this is going to be usable on a touchscreen Mac? Undoubtedly. With, perhaps within Logic yes. and stuff. Like that. Undoubtedly. Um. Well, they're touting that about Lion, aren't they? That they're mm. adapting OS features from the iPad. Which is a very interesting phenomenon technologically, but but uh, that, that that that's happening. Mm. But mm. that's one of the things they're touting about Lions. So why not? Yeah, yeah. it's got, well. The, we're going to get an app store, which is a. It's, I mean, that's a great idea. Um, I, I think. I want to see. Go, Mark. I want to see all of that cool code that's just kicking around, kind of in the ether, not really doing anything anymore. Like, why can't I have? And there's this. Uh, a kind of suggestion for anybody out there that might know how to code it, but why can't I have an Ensonic Mirage on my iPhone, like the complete code? Why can't I have a K2000 on my iPhone, just something that emulates that exactly? And why can't I have the entire Korg Oasis? Because if Korg are doing this, they ought to put the whole Oasis thing <laughs> on there so I can import my samples <laughs> and do like the whole, th- you know, that Oasis thing they were going to release in like about 1980-something, that was touted as it was going to be the music operating system. And then all of these things span off from it. So there was like the Electribe thing and the MS-20 and then all those little Korg things with logs on them and, you know, the log thing and all those different things span out of the Oasis operating system. Why don't they just stick the whole Oasis operating system on the iPad so that you can load all of those different things up and I can put my samples in and put them through MS-20 filters and use the iPad as a standalone synth. That's what I would like. Please. Well, I, 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 I'm telling you, probably the reason probably is is because somebody's probably sitting there on the Mirage code, thinking, right, I'm working, I'm going to sell this as an app um, in the <laughs> in the iTunes store, and I well, wouldn't blame them. Yeah, I'll give. I'd pay twenty pounds for that. I think. Yeah, uh, what does a used Mirage go for these days? Twenty five, thirty. It's probably yeah, couple, yeah. no, probably please. a couple of hundred quid. <laughs> Isn't it? But, you know, the likelihood of the disk drive working and even being able to get hold of a box of disks for less, less than, like, £500. I've got some I've got some Mirage disks somewhere. Somewhere. What, 800k ones? I th- yeah, I think I have somewhere. <laughs> I wouldn't... Uh, I'm not going to sign anything to... Uh, there's no affidavit coming for that, but I think I've got some somewhere. I know, it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> definitely kind of cool. PJ, going to get an iPad yes, then? No, no. No. Uh, not anytime soon. I, I I bought an iPod or I got an iPod Touch, and uh, I love it. And I realize that uh, you know this device and the other uh, the Korg Electribe are not uh, out for that. But I'm going to wait and see how this uh, how the whole tablet uh, phenomenon uh, evolves. Yeah, because obviously we've got all of the new uh, Android ones, the Galaxy Tab that I actually came in was in the stores. Uh, I saw it yesterday when I was looking at uh, DSLRs, and uh, I saw that and it looked kind of funky. But there's not—I mean, unfortunately, even though the number of apps for Android is, is well over a hundred thousand now, it's there's not much in the way of real-time music stuff going on. And I, I don't know whether that's a, a, an operating system issue or whether it's just because there aren't enough developers focused on it. I mean, it would be cool. I'd be quite happy. I mean, I've got some great apps on my uh, on my Android phone, and you know that'd be fantastic. But uh, not seen them yet. But maybe we will. I think there's going to be a lot more focus because people have got. I mean, the thing is, it's kind of solving the software distribution conundrum that everybody's been suffering. You know, it's like the old days of selling airboxes and finding stores that would house the stuff. You know, it's one click away. It's a no-brainer. I mean, Dave, you must be kind of thinking this is going all the right way for for you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, that. Uh, no, I won't go into that now. 
No. All right. There then. is there is another store solution that's just come along, which I think I spoke to you about. Oh yes, that's right. Well, that we'll we'll find out about that shortly. But um, yeah, very interesting. And, and while we're talking about stores, and um, we should mention, would you like to mention the deal, and then I can just interject with my uh, with the Sonic coupon code, or should? Oh yeah, it, good. I'm, yes, I'm glad you remembered that because I couldn't remember the coupon code. Oh well, I've got it here in print. Good. Well, okay. basically, well, basically, we're doing Imposca at a blowout price of what is it, thirty nine euros? Thirty nine euros, which incidentally is a saving of sixty euros. Um, so it's a considerable saving. And so far, the response has been amazing. Excellent, and it's been brilliant for us because it's really sharpened us up here because we've kind of you know had to stay on top of things and top of support and stuff like that. It's got us away from programming nightmares. And uh, no, it's been really good fun, and uh, we've had some amazing feedback. So thank you very much, everybody, so far. Well, I'll just flesh that out a bit, basically. Um, you go to g4software.com. Uh, you sign up for an account if you haven't already got one. Um, you buy the the Imposca, the original Imposca, for uh, a princely sum of thirty nine euros. If you enter the code, the underscore sonic underscore imp discount i'm putting it in the chat room now there just like that it needs to be and what that also means as well as getting the uh, 39 euros you also get uh, an upgrade um, when the imposca 2 comes out which i'm hoping is reasonably soon sooner than it has been for a little while and you also get a discount on that so it's a kind of good way to get in and um we do this for our good friends at g4 software because they're They've they've done they've done a lot of uh, done a lot of podcast hours, <laughs> shall we say? Uh, and so anyway, yeah. If you want to check that out, um, g4software.com and uh, enter the code in. I think maybe we'll do the Emerson thing next week because I imagine that might spin off a, a, a lot of interesting discussion. Right. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, we'll say a good night and thank you very much to everybody, uh, for certainly to our live listeners uh, in the chat room. We've had a really bumper crop in this week. Uh, th- obviously, if you haven't been listening live, um, you will be able to hear this. Well, you will be hearing this <laughs> via iTunes or other good MP3 outlets. Uh, if you want to check us out live, uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live, 4 p.m. Wednesday. That's a UK time. And I want to thank all of my local guests here. Um, very much appreciate them giving up their time. We'll start over in the States with Rich Hilton, because I'm sure he's got a busy day in the studio to go to. Uh, myspace.com forward slash Hiltonis. Thank you very much for joining us, Rich. Always a pleasure. Good, and I'm glad you enjoy your uh, IMS20 as well. I'm going to uh, spend a bit more time with it. Yeah. I think it's going to be some good fun there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, let us know how you get on with the mouth. If you get the mouth, um, leave us an answer phone message as well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I will. Cheers, Rich. And while we're over there, we'll say goodbye to PJ Tracy, uh, pjtracymusic.com. I'm sure you've got a busy day um, writing business-to-business music, eh? I do, actually. Ah. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's it's a real pleasure. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Always good to have you aboard. And coming back over this side of the pond, uh, for we are a truly multinational podcast, uh, we'll say thank you very much to Gaz Williams over in Bristol. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, Now, Gold Star Rocket is the name of the band. Rocket Goldstar. Rocket Goldstar. Damn, <laughs> I always get it the wrong way around. <laughs> That's right. Rocket yeah. Goldstar. Um, you can find them on MySpace, uh, see what he's up to. But he assures me he's got a web URL coming soon. <laughs> oh, yes. And then all the secrets will be revealed then. All the secrets will be Well, anyway, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, enjoy yeah. putting these two projects to bed. I'm sure um must be a great feeling. you got plenty lined up afterwards. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, We've just started a new album now. Um or another act, uh, and uh, I've got another another couple that I meant to do before Christmas. So, blimey, you are know. a busy guy. How do you find <laughs> the time? I don't. <laughs> well, uh, that's our little secret, eh? Anyway, thank you yeah. very much, Gaz, and also uh, thank you very much to Dave Spears, G4Software.com. Thank you very much for joining us too. Thank you. And don't forget, if you want to get your Imposca discount, uh, stick this code in when you go out. And buy one, get an Imposca, original Imposca for 39 euros. Anyway, thank you very much. And also, Mark, we also have to finish with you, Mark, because I think we need to know uh, uh, where people can donate for your moustache uh, project once again. We're in Movember, which is uh, um, grow a moustache for Movember. And uh, good, if you donate, uh, money will go towards um, men's health issues charities. So what's the URL again there, Mark? So what I've done is I've, I've uh, forwarded one of my 
usual URLs, which is likebeing.com, L-I-K-E-B-E-I-N-G.com. That will take you directly to my MoSpace page on Movember.com, where, where you will see various different uh, links to YouTube clips of my progress as a moustache grower. <laughs> and hopefully I'll be on in two weeks' time and it will be, I'll probably be itching like hell then, I should imagine, but we'll see. Have you got a time lapse of the growing moustache? That would be good. No, I haven't, but I downloaded an iApp that was supposed to do that, but I didn't find it till day five, and then it wouldn't actually let me start doing it on, oh. from day five. It wouldn't let me place, it kept replacing the photos or something, so I don't oh, know dear. what happened there, really. Oh, yeah, dear. that's a so, bit purist, uh, isn't it? Yes. Well, anyway, Mark, I hope your moustache, uh, may your moustache grow to be as long as you wish it to be. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. That's uh, likebeing.com and go and check out Mark's moustache, advent- adventures in moustacheness. So anyway, thank you very much to everybody for listening. That was Sonic Talk number 196. You can turn any sound into a tune or a harmony or a Sequence up, sequence up, sequence up.